Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Sports Reports as Ordered. As always, I am your co-host, Mike Wilson, a.k.a. 2-5, and I want to give a shout-out to Brussels, San Jose, and Columbus for holding us down. I got Raphael Rutley here with me. You can find me on Twitter at 2BitReports. Find me on Instagram at MLDub25. Find us collectively. Sports Reports is ordered. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. What's happening, Mr. Raph? What's going on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FearMyRaph. That's FearMyRaph at FearMyRaph on Twitter.com. I want to give a shout out to Dirty Geek Apparel, my man Javaris Ray out of Mississippi, hooking it up. So you can follow him on Instagram. You can follow him on Facebook as well. Dirty Geek Apparel. It spells just the way it sounds. Dirty Geek Apparel. Ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. I mean, so shout out. You know, just want to make sure you always reach out to your people. It costs you nothing to support your friends. It costs you nothing to be positive. It costs you nothing to, to spread joy. So that's what I'm trying to do today. And Mike, this is this is a joyous conversation that we have. It's just combative and intellectually combative. It's, it's, it's thought provoking. We just really want people to get get the, get a gist of uh, how we really operate. Just, you know, two vets, no gimmicks. So. Let's get into it. Mike, you want to start us off? Yes. And remember, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we are wherever you get your podcasts. So today we got some topics for you. We're going to take it back to the past. We're going to do something a little different. So we're going to start off with Kyrie Irving to Dallas because that happened right after we signed off the other day. I missed it. Soon as we logged off, it happened. And, you know, I felt like crap afterwards, but we're going to talk about it today. So then we're going to transition that into a trade deadline discussion that's coming up in two days more like a day and a half so thursday it's coming up then we're going to talk about why does no one value being the pippin because last time i checked scotty pippin one of my favorite players ever is a six-time champion as well two three peats all that good stuff and then we're going to hit you with a little something different and try to solve the issue of why is hockey not so popular in the United States. Why is it not catching on? Why is it not as big as the NFL or the NBA? So starting it off, Raph, Mr. Kyrie Irving, up there near you, left Brooklyn and is down in my neck of the woods in Dallas. What's going on? Uh, It's funny because like you just mentioned, we had just signed off. We were having our posts podcast recap where we, you know go over like you know what we liked what we didn't like what we should hit next time we just do this like we do a pre-conversation we do a post-conversation like i said we have this conversation in the middle and during that conversation that we had you said what about dallas and i was like that ain't gonna work and then we just glossed over we just kept going we kept talking about it <laughs> and then when it ended I was like, okay, and we were sitting there talking, and it popped up. I was like, yo, Kyrie got traded to Dallas. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the trade as, as, as box office entertainment. I wanted something to happen this trade deadline. Because a lot of trade deadlines in multiple sports, they go, and maybe there's a move to be made. But a lot of moves are moves with players who should have been traded a couple of seasons prior to the trade deadline. So it's not like it doesn't really move the needle. And you factor in, it's a Super Bowl week. 
But the NBA, basically, that one trade, me and you haven't even talked about the Super Bowl yet. We've talked on the phone. We talked. We haven't talked in depth about the Super Bowl, considering like our first six or seven episodes, we were talking about football all the time. But when this trade happens and the trade deadline came up, Kyrie going to Dallas, he doesn't have a guarantee. Like they don't have a guarantee from him after this summer. It could be a Kawhi situation, but Toronto was like, listen, we were cool with it because you got us a chip. I think they've been basically average ever since he's left. But you come here, you get us a championship, you know, we're likely to oblige you on your way out. I don't know if Luca and Kyrie get you a ring, considering you have to play on both ends of the floor. And it's like, how much energy can they expend offensively? And then what do they do is the two of them on the floor, like what do they do for you defensively? considering that their primary focus is scoring. You know, you had Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Those guys could have an off-shoot night. Say they started the first quarter off and both of them go 0 for 4. Well, for the next three quarters, you could have them on the floor and they can just simply focus on defense. There's no expect expectation for them to drive the offense. So they're like, you know what? I'm going to just go back. I'm going to play tough defense with my guy. You get a strip, you get a steal. You get some points, you get some runouts, you get stuff like that happening for you. I don't know if Kyrie and Luca, either one of them can operate that way because they have to be, they have to expect the two of them to get you 54 to 62 points a game, like just between the two of them, not the points that they accumulate with assists and everything else, but just scoring the basketball. I'm going to get 27 from Kyrie and I'm going to get 29 29 or 30 at least from Luca. Like, I got to get 57 to 62 points out of you, too. So, I don't know if they, what they can do defensively. So, I'm not sure if it works as far as them playing in late in the May and the June. But I can tell you that my boys stationed out of Dias Air Force Base, they're probably going to pay a little bit more for Dallas Mavs tickets if they want to go to a game between now and the end of the season. But other than that, I'm not sure, like, exactly – how much it really moves the needle. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm probably going to be taking that four hour drive, you know, just to throw that out there, you know, go be see me some box office, you know, cause all I got is the Spurs over here. And as much as I love Keldon Johnson, that ain't working, you know, but I'm confused. So initially when this went down, I was like, Oh man, fireworks, you know, th- these guys are going to light it up. They're going to take turns, you know, Hey, this is your quarter. This is my quarter. And then I read today that Tim Hardaway Jr. is on the market. And I said, whoa, like, I would have thought that having those two together with the shooter out there makes the most sense. You know, so I was just thinking to myself, what are they trying to get back in return? You know, but anyway, back to we'll get back to that later. So I was looking at Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, and he was like the one dude on the roster that was playing defense this year, you know, because Christian Wood ain't it. You know, and me, and you know, and me being the guy that got to look up the numbers, you know, before this trade, before this trade, Dallas was number 24 in the league, 30 teams now, they were number 24 in defensive rating, you know, and that was with Dorian Finney-Smith. And the reason that I remember Dorian Finney-Smith is because last year against the Suns, he was the one that stepped up in game six against Booker and kind of eliminated him out of the picture. So, you know, 
during that run, he held Donovan Mitchell to 33% shooting in a six-game series. So letting that guy go does nothing for the other side of the ball. So I thought to myself, where does Dallas sit right now? Just, just first guess, you know, Kyrie Irving comes to town. Where does Dallas sit? And when I thought about it, I said, I don't see why this team can't make the Western Conference Finals. But it's not because of them. It's because of everybody else. You know, because I look at Denver as the one seed. You know, like, I'm not scared of Denver. You know, like, I don't like altitude, but I'm not scared of them. You know, I look at Sacramento as the three seed. I look at Memphis right now, who maybe if you bring Shannon Sharp to your arena, you know, they can't even focus. You know, <laughs> then, then, okay. I, then, yeah, Golden State, like, I mean, can Steph Curry play more than a month? You know, like, what's going on? Like, I mean, granted, this was a freak injury that he has going on right now. But as I'm just looking at the landscape, who, if I'm Dallas, who am I supposed to think that I cannot beat? But then the reality sets in. And I say, okay, maybe I could see them winning a playoff series before getting pantsed in the second round. Yeah. But, but of course, the trade deadline is coming up in two days. So we'll talk about it more next week to try to figure out after all the moves get done. If there's anything that changed our minds, you know, at least changed my mind from that standpoint. Now, and you don't know where if Dallas, you don't see why Dallas can't make the Western Conference Finals. Just going off of the rest of the West, not necessarily. West. Yeah, not necessarily looking at Dallas as a so whole. We, so if we looked at matchups, you know, this yeah. is a hypothetical situation. So yeah. if, if the playoffs started today, I love that. I love that hypothetical. If the playoffs, if the playoffs started today, you'd have a four or five matchup of the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Is is there enough muscle? on Dallas to allow their two finesse players to go through unscathed or are they, I mean, I don't know if Kawhi can guard Kyrie. He can't. He he probably can't. But can you put Kawhi on Luka, Paul on Kyrie and then conversely have each one of them like have Luka guard Kawhi? Okay. Okay. just attrition, just like, all right, I'm we're both six foot nine, six eight. I think Lucas was he runs like six eight, six nine. Um, Kyrie's the undersized one. Can we just basically just make you work? Aside from the, you got Zubox in the middle, you got Morris. You maybe you bring Kennard off the bench. And he's just an energy guy. He just you just run him at Luca. You know maybe Lucas shoots twelve shots while guys on him. Maybe hits four or five. But if he has a guy on a mismatch, maybe he shoots the other guys out of rhythm. Luca puts up 28 shots, Kyrie puts up 26, and then you have a guy like Hardaway. If he's still on the team, he gets 10. You get a so guy this- like Woods, maybe get some lobs. So I, I think that I think it might be just matchup. If you get them, if they get down the, if they go down to six, you got them with the Kings. I give you a shot there because I'm not sure the Kings defensively. Well, their defense is their, their defense is actually 23rd. Dallas is 24th. They're 23rd. But yeah. <clears throat> to answer your question, to answer your question, I go back and I think about it. And Luca owns the Clippers in the playoffs. 
You know, he doesn't always have the team to get by him, but just individually, he usually owns the Clippers. Because he shoots shots. But but that right, that's what I was about to say. But that's without having another threat on the court to take some of that pressure off of him. Because Kyrie can hit enough shots to you know in a scenario in a game in in like two or three games, I would say at least. You know, you, like he can free him up. Heard this story about Kobe when he talked about they would double the guy who was up for a contract extension, and then let the guy who signed extension <laughs> shoot all the shots. Yeah. It was like a tactic him and Phil used. It was like, listen, we're going to just double this guy who hasn't gotten paid yet and then watch them beef on the bench in between mm-hmm. breaks because the guy who already got paid is getting all the shots. Mm-hmm. So do you let Luca be Luca, And then you put your biggest wing defender on Kyrie and make it difficult? To I mean, I would honestly... Can't get him the ball. And then Kyrie's like, yo, just give me the ball. I can beat this guy with the dribble. But Luca's like, listen, I'm in the paint. I got Kennard on me. I'm going to put up 12 shots on Kennard. And he was like, well, you got Paul George and Kawhi switching on you. He was yeah, like, I was going to say, I would, I, would, I would rather have Paul Pippen, I mean, Paul George, uh, <laughs> guarding him. You know, I, I would rather have that if I was the Clippers. But, you know, even without Hardaway, they still have Reggie Bullock. I think Jason Kidd is a good enough coach that, he can scheme some things. You know, Tyron Lue's a good coach as well. So I would be interested in the coaching matchup. And I think the coaching matchup may decide the series in some ways that the players may not. You know, and then the Clippers, you know, they I just don't trust the Clippers. Like, I just don't. Like, they get leads. They get, you know, you saw what happened. You, you saw what happened in Orlando when they went up 3-1 on the Nuggets. And that was Paul George and Kawhi Leonard younger. Yeah, but they didn't really want to be there. I mean, yeah, I mean, get out of my league then. If you don't want to win the title, get out don't, of here. Don't go down there. Like, don't yeah. fly all the way down to Florida. Yeah. But but I think I think it'll be a good series. I think the Clippers obviously should probably be the, favor, the favorite going into the series. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Dallas win that series. I think Dallas beats Sacramento, you know, if they were to match up there. You know, um, if Dallas were to climb up to three or have some luck and get up to two, and say play a, and say play a Portland or somebody like that. Like, I don't fear yeah, that. Well, yeah, they can get to three. Well, yeah, that's weird because like they play fifty five games, and the Kings have played fifty three. Kings are thirty and twenty three. Mavericks are twenty nine and twenty six. So I mean, pretty sure it, it'll about two games. Yeah, yeah, two or three games depends on how that math works out. So it's it's pretty difficult. I think with the the I think what the NBA and the executives have kind of forgotten is that there's a formula to like building a championship team and they're using the old one. They're using the one that LeBron, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, they're using that, they're using that formula where you, get a couple of stars. Well, I think Boston might have done it differently because like, their stars are a little bit spread out. But if you look at the Miami, if you go with the Miami model, you know, the posted decision, you get two stars, you get a dynamic third star, i.e. Chris Bosh, who can defend and shoot the three, you know, that, that you know, stretch four player. And that worked. It was working at OKC when they met in the finals. But ultimately, the team format, unless you can overwhelm them by putting Kevin Durant on a Golden State, if you're not getting Kevin Durant 
to Denver or a guy like if you if AD somehow ended up in Denver, like that overloading your team with talent on the front end and it translating to championships makes sense. AD going to Milwaukee or some bizarre trade or something like that. But really it's it's a good you're one of your best players embodies your identity, i.e. Phoenix with Chris Paul in those couple of years when they had their good runs, when they made the finals run a couple of years ago, and then the long playoff run last year. You get a guy that kind of embodies what the coach expects, and then you get a couple of young stars and then good role players. Like, that's that's how you build it. That's what the, the Celtics are. The Celtics were basically just good young role players, and then Tatum and Brown just kind of ascended. Mm-hmm. But you had Marcus Smart, Harford, as a good old school role player, Derek White coming off the bench. You had Robert Williams in the middle. You had Grant Williams, the undersized power four. Hey, he, hey he's he, on the trading block. You know, so you you have like you had those pieces, and it made mm-hmm. sense. I think with these trades, you're not getting that. You're not getting. You're not trading. Like whatever they got for Gobert, whatever Utah got for Gobert. It was like four play, five players and four picks, mm-hmm. like that. Excuse me. You can get that, and then you have a guy like a Devin Booker or De'Aaron Fox or Lamelo Ball, like one of these young stars, and you can get a bunch of role players. Then you can just overwhelm your opponent with good defensive strategy, moving the basketball. Basketball is a simple game. If you have space, shoot the shot. If your defender crowds you, dribble drive, try to get to the hoop. If another defender comes over, kick it to the open guy. Like, if you just simply follow that philosophy for your entire basketball game, for every player that touches the ball, you could probably score 100, 110 points because it's a simple philosophy. Like, everyone knows, like, this is what we're going to do. Each shoot the open jumper, drive for the layup, drive and kick. If you have enough role players, that can work. But if you have a star who feels like he can beat anybody off the dribble, and then you have another star who feels like I can beat anybody off the dribble, (laughs) and then you have three or four, five guys coming on rotation who are waiting for one of these two guys to beat someone off the dribble, and they're standing in the corner, it won't work, a la Porzingis. It It seems like it will work, but it won't. Well, since we're talking about Kyrie, did Josai prevent LeBron from winning another championship? Listen, man, Josai has no ill intention towards LeBron because it doesn't benefit him whatsoever. He's a businessman. I'm a businessman. I'm gonna I'm a businessman and maybe he's a little upset with Kyrie. So why would I send him to Phoenix where he can have success? People can be petty. No matter how much money you make, you can be petty. Kyrie didn't have the leverage and the leverage of the cachet or even like he he mentioned it. He didn't have the mutual respect. He felt like they didn't respect him. And that in turn made him feel a certain way. He's like, he felt like I was being tolerated in Brooklyn. So him requesting the trade, it was a matter of like, you know what? Fine. Let's just go ahead and cut our losses, send him wherever we can send him. So we can still benefit as a team. Never mind the whole championship clause or whatever that was. Like, you know, I, that, 
like people who leak that, like Colin Kelleher says this a lot. He was like, imagine the information you heard that got leaked. Now think, which camp is in the best interest for that information to come out? If it's something against the player, it's probably the team. If it's something against the team, it's probably the player. Just when you hear this leak stuff without it being really validated, he was like, take it with a grain of salt. Well, see, and and the other thing that I was thinking about is for the for the LeBron fans and the Laker fans out there that have issues with the Nets right now. I was thinking about somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know, crossing sports for a second. I was thinking about somebody like Aaron Rodgers who has played in Green Bay, you know, for the last, you know, 15 years or so. You know, president felt like he I mean, but, but I'm just saying he won a Super Bowl. He's he's won MVPs within the last two seasons or whatever the case may be. Aaron Rodgers is the face of the Packers. When you think Packers, you think Aaron Rodgers. So if Aaron Rodgers went to um, I always Gute mess up Kutz. the guy's name. Yeah, Gute Gute I always mess up his name. But if, he went, but if he went to Brian Gutekunst and said, hey, I would really, really like to go play for the Jets or whatever the case may be. As long as Aaron Rodgers don't walk in his office and say, I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys or somebody else in the NFC that you know you're going to run into. Play for Minnesota because that's Brett Favre. Yeah, they, they might help him get there. They might help him get there. You oh, know, if the AFC East, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like 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 Tom Brady, like even even with Tom Brady having all the issues that he had towards the end of his tenure in New England, if he went to Mr. Kraft, as Stephen A. calls him, if he went to Mr. Kraft and said, you know, hey Bob, I really really would love to go to Tampa Bay. Bob's like, hey man, you brought us six championships. I'm not going to get screwed. He's like, but I'll great, try, great, but I'll try to do. Survive off of what you did for me, yeah. Right, but I'll try to do what I can, you know. For Kyrie Irving, and I'm pro Kyrie, by the way. But but the point being is that if he goes to Joe Sy and says, "Hey Joe, like I asked for the trade, like it's it's best for both parties. I would really love to go to the Lakers if it could work out." If I was Joe Sy, I would say, "Get the f out of my office." I never want to see you again. If you're in Kyrie's camp, <laughs> if you're in Kyrie's camp. You can say, hey, without me, KD doesn't come here. So I get it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But leaving you with KD. You can get a haul from me from the Lakers, whatever Lakers. And that's the problem. The Lakers don't, the Lakers didn't see the forest through the trees and didn't keep any assets going forward. They traded every single available asset to get Anthony Davis because. They had the system, i.e. Right. LeBron on there. They knew, like, man, if we just move heaven and earth to get. But I don't think they realized that LeBron was going to play five full years. And they were like, we don't have anything left. So if I'm just, aside, I'm not making a deal with L.A. Aside, whatever I want to do for Kyrie, it just wasn't enough. And I know they didn't get much from Dallas. Honestly, if you think about it. Short of KD not wanting to play with Russ, there's no way that the, the Brooklyn-LA deal was going to happen. Unless, so it, just, it just depends on what you believe. It depends on what you believe. Because from what I read, the Lakers only offered one of the picks, you know, uh, which changes the whole dynamic of the deal. When you look at Dallas, gave them the first-round pick and a couple of other – I mean, granted, they were second-round picks, but they gave them like, some other picks. 2030. I know. It's February 2023. I know. So if you if you're looking at it like if you're and the Lakers offered them the 2029, not the 2027. 
<laughs> yeah, so it was like it's not like it was like yo why do NBA teams not have any picks the following years? Every team is making a trade, all their picks are like seven years away, but that's neither here nor there. NFL teams, they always have a pick for the next year, I guess because they only have seven, they have seven rounds. Except hours. for the Rams, you know what I mean? They don't have that first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Um, but with the Kyrie trade, I would have taken maybe a better deal unless the 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 speed at which the deal was done mm-hmm. it just shows me that it was people who were fed up like you ever right. see you ever see the meme um i remember seeing it was like it was a meme it was like it was two pictures one picture it was a dude's basketball shoes thrown all over the yard and then it was another picture it was like they were stacked up neatly outside the apartment door and the guy was like listen man if she stacks your shoes up neatly outside of your apartment, she's done. There's no emotion. You're not coming back. Like, let's, you know what? This is done. Let me go ahead and move all this stuff out of here and move along. I think when they got the conversation, they got the deals, if they got three or four, they were like, listen, which one right now works for us? And do we have any other plans on the table? Like, listen, okay, we'll take the Dallas deal. And then we'll package this guy with this guy. And then we'll reach out to Washington and see if we can get this guy. We'll reach out to Utah, see if we can get this guy. Because it, it has, it, Brooklyn has to be making another deal. Either they're going in a full rebuild mode and they're going to package Kevin Durant, which I think is all just a rumor because the one deal happened. So I think any person, because you can use a source. Your source can be the dude that just brings in the tape to the training room. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I thought I heard someone say something like, hey, I think Kevin really likes Boston. Kevin can really like Boston. The conversation would be Kevin like, yo, likes Boston because he likes to get Ida Smith the Walensky's when he no, goes. That to- man likes some chowder. So all, all, the, all the equipment guy heard was like, I heard Kevin really likes Boston. So he goes to his, he gets, he's a source for some writer and says, hey, man, I heard Kevin really likes Boston. And then they could put out a story because all you really need is someone that says, Hey, I got this from an inside source. Literally, it could be the, the person who just drives the, the Zamboni for the hockey team that has nothing to do with basketball. It just happens to be in the building. Well, allegedly, <laughs> well, allegedly, uh, Miami and Phoenix are on the table. Uh, but if if I'm Boston, first was, of all, was, that was Kevin Durant's original thing. So, like, unless 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 Brooklyn's like, listen, we try to make more moves, then I think they just took this deal just to get just to get Kyrie out of town. Well, well Boston. If if Durant does move, it better not be Boston. I know that much. Just from the standpoint of y'all just made the finals last year. You know, y'all got the team already. Y'all don't need to break anything up to bring in an old injured dude. I think there's going to give Jalen Brown. I know. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You, you want to give up Jalen Brown for Katie? Hey, if, they, if, 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 if I was... If I was uh, Brad Stevens and you walked in my office and told me to get old ass broke down Kevin Durant, I got to give up Jalen Brown. I would tell you to get the f out of my office. I'd be like, hey man, let's uh, sit down, let's let's get some coffee, and let's talk this out. No, we ain't talking nothing out. You know what I mean? Like I got these young dudes that you know I'm gonna have through their prime or whatever the case may be. Like this is happening. Like Kevin Durant can take his old ass to Phoenix because that's where old people go anywhere. Anyway, because the playoffs four rounds you need twenty eight wins. Mm-hmm. K 
can you rest Kevin Durant from now until April? If I mean, make... technically, technically you need 16, but yeah, go ahead. 16, uh, 16, yeah. Okay, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that's even better. So, you know, 16 wins. You rest Kevin Durant from now. You get him in the chemistry 10, the last 8, 10 games of the season. And you go into the playoffs and you say, hey, man, win us 16 games for this, what, 18th championship for the Boston Celtics? Yeah. Well, well yeah. you know what? If, if Jason Tatum showed you up in the finals it, last I, year, we're not even having this conversation. Sunday. <laughs> you're making that move because you, you, you're not. I'm Brooklyn, not making it. Brooklyn is, I think Brooklyn is more desperate because they poorly managed um, their whole process. I saw a clip from Jeff Bezos the other day. Granted, this is before he was like $100, $100 million Jeff Bezos. He was like, you're stressed because you didn't do what you knew you were capable of doing beforehand, and that's bothering you because it's going to impact you going forward. That's why you're so stressed out. He's like, if you would have taken care of what you had to take care of the first time, you wouldn't be stressed about it going forward. I think mm-hmm. Brooklyn mismanaged KD, Kyrie, when they first got there. Because they should have looked at it like this. They should have looked at it the same way the 2020 Lakers looked at it when you had LeBron, AD. You had two top 10, 15, whatever that number is, but two top players on your team. Let's surround them with maybe one other star that can get his own bucket or a guy that's automatic from three, one of those guys, a 45% three-point shooter, and then role players that fill in roles where KD and Kyrie don't have to do. So instead of having KD be your best rim defender, go get a guy to defend the rim and make that his sole responsibility. Go get a 3 and D guy. Go get an actual point guard. Well, that's what they did. They've done that. I'm off the bench, but instead of, but they traded so much away. They could have kept Karis. Oh, my bad. You're talking about in the beginning. In the yeah, beginning. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. so the original, when they originally got the right, two, right, right, they right. got Big Eye because James Harden showed up to camp in Houston, chubby and unhappy. And they figured Houston would just take, you know, a bill of goods and send James their way. Well, Houston, then they had to get Cleveland involved. When you got to get that many elements involved, it's like, Keep what you have and go go from there. And I think that's where they originally messed up, and they've been playing catch-up ever since. There's no reason to trade for Ben Simmons when he hadn't played all year. He was mentally not prepared. They said he was physically not prepared. And the last time he was on the court, he was getting booed. And then when he got eliminated, his coach his coach basically said, I don't know if I can win with him because he must have known something. And then B came out flat out and said, like, listen, this dude is no good. Like he is no, he's not a good basketball player. And he still but, ain't no good. Yo, they said it's no trade market. No trade value. Thanks for taking my next point off my paper, by the way. But yeah, no, no trade value. We here. That's what we we just here. Like we yeah, we no trade this. This is something that it just this our conversation just flowed. Yeah. So so I, what I was actually going to say was I know who will be in Brooklyn Ben Simmons. That's what I was going to say. But you know, but yeah, like so so I mean. Cam Thomas has been a revelation. You know, he scored over 80 points in his last two games. And before we turned on the camera and everything, he was already at like 12 points in the first quarter. So, I mean, like, I mean, that's maybe that's your Kyrie guy. I don't know. 
come out of nowhere, like the guy Anthony Simmons in Portland. Yeah. Like, these yeah. guys, give him a shot. Uh, SGA. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, my Kentucky Wildcat. But here's a question that I wanted to ask you. Is it time for Memphis to think about trading Dylan Brooks? Or is he just so into their culture that they have to keep him? Now you keep him. You okay. keep him because it's too many teams in the league for you to think that a singular trade is going to then elevate you over the the 14 other teams in your conference, let alone the 29 other teams in the league. You keep it together and you make it work. Like, well, I just know that they lost eight out of their last nine, and teams te- tend to panic. Take a vacation. <laughs> like this All Star break, you got the All Star break coming up. Shout out to Salt Lake City. I'll be out there hollering. Um, take an outing. And the, and look, coaches, go to some. I think I think the Appalachian Mountains run through Tennessee, at least the eastern part. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. far. Go up there, get a cabin. All the players get a nice little cabin or whatever, and just like sit down, have your kumbaya moment, and really build. I think it takes more than just putting talent in a room. Every NFL team, like I tell this to people all the time, and almost every NBA team, if you line them up and you look at the size, speed, jumping ability, percentages that they shoot the basketball, percentages that they complete passes, tackling percentage, if you line them all up, it's going to be a few outliers. It's going to be Aaron Donalds. It's going to be a Patrick Mahomes here. It's going to be A.J. Brown. It's going to be a, a Derrick Henry. It's going to be like these guys are the outliers. But for the most part, 90%, 90 95% of your league is going to be these guys who are like in this fringe. And every team going to have their select number of them. You got to put that team together and make it work. I think so often people think these trades are going to work. I'm like, so you mean to tell me you're just going to get a guy in who hasn't been there since last summer when they these guys were hanging out? Some people got married last summer. Some of these guys on the team were at those weddings. Some guys had bachelor parties. Some people had baby showers. Some people, you know, went to their parents' 70th and you know 70th birthday party. Like these, even some of these guys went to college. Guys, so these guys have relationships that are bigger than the team thinks we need this guy in to, you know, lead us to a championship. I think it's just tough to just throw someone in that mix and expect to win. So what happened, what did happen with Jay Crowder in Phoenix? Like I was just minding my business and then out of the blue, it was like, Hey, they're trying to trade him. He ain't playing, you know, like Milwaukee's thinking about it. They're not going to do it. So on and so forth. Brooklyn might bring them in. Brooklyn might not. What's going on with Jay Crowder? Ego, man. It's ego. It's the same thing that happened with John Wall. You get a guy in, you don't want him to get hurt because you want to trade him, but you don't want to cut him because then you got to pay him. So you just sit him. You just literally just waste someone's time and have someone waste their career. It's just like, it's not something that would be acceptable in any other industry in the world. But it's like, well, I don't want you to hurt yourself because you lose, you lose value for me. So I'm just going to sit you here. The same thing out that happened to Al Horford. That's how he ended up in Boston. It's just like, eh, we want we want to trade you. For some reason, you don't fit into our starting, our nine-man rotation, so we're going to trade you. You know what's funny is if Denver, Colorado was located in Los Angeles, California, we would hear all the tea about Jamal Murray and Bones Highland sneak dissing each other on Twitter. But we ain't heard nothing. 
So I'm pretty sure Bones Highland is going to be out of there at this trade deadline. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because I like the kid. He hasn't been playing that great this season. I feel like there's some other things at play. And apparently, you know, he got his homeboys on Twitter calling uh, Jamal Murray female genitalia, you know. So, like, there's a lot going on in Denver, apparently, you know. But, you know, um, but speaking of Utah, since you brought up Utah, I've, I've heard I've heard that there's a possibility that Mike Conley or Jordan Clarkson end up with the Lakers. That's because everybody's going to the Lakers because I heard Fred Van Vliet, too. Rob Palenka hasn't made a reasonable trade that added value to the team. He got rid of Kendrick Nunn and he got, you know, your boy we talked about, Hachimura. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, everyone looked at that deal like, how that happened? And anything the Lakers do now, it matters because they may have to pay him because, you know, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So if they want to keep him, that's going to take more away, and they're already in the luxury tax. I want the people to go to the Lakers, and it's I was watching. I was watching first things first earlier. Yeah. And Kevin Wilde just said, "I got a wild suggestion. How about you just win more basketball games?" Hello. It says something like the Lakers are between like the sixth and ninth in the NBA in scoring, or somewhere in that range. They're like, sixth. Yep. Wait, mm-hmm. uh, and that's without eight. shooters. No three-point shooters. Yeah. Not good three-point shooters. Play tough defense. Literally, literally. And win games. Hey, you remember what what I said about Dallas a few minutes ago? If Anthony Davis could stay healthy, the Lakers should feel like they could make the Western Conference Finals. But too bad they're like 13th right now in the West. No, that's fine. That's fine. If Anthony Davis stays healthy, they're going to beat Portland a few times. You know, they're going to beat. Somebody like, you know, you know, I'm looking at the West and I just don't see it. I see why Ja Morant wasn't worried about the West, but he got to win, too. You know, but as I'm looking at this same thing with Atlanta, you know, I feel like every day for the last two years, all I've heard is John Collins is on the move. And, you know, we got to get rid of John Collins. But then, you know, Bogey's on the move, too. So, like, I don't know what Atlanta's trying to do because they bought into John T. Murray, you know, um, him and Trey have played a lot better together than I thought they would, you know, but maybe John Collins just doesn't fit that. You, you gotta, what else you gonna get? It's 400 guys in the NBA. Hey, they'll get Jay Crowder. It's, it's 8 million people on earth. And I know if you say only men can play in the NBA, cool. It's 400 men in the NBA. It's 4 billion men on earth. So, so the deal. One of the best basketball players collectively in the league right now. Yeah. If you move Collins to any other team, are you going to get a guy that's so much better than him when he is one of the best 400 people? And he's a starter. So he's one of the best 120 or 130, 150 people in that in, in, in the league. It's like, what else? What are you gonna get? What are you gonna get in return that you well, can't think, get out of him? You know, to to borrow Max Max Kellerman's word, I think he's excellent. You know, like I just think that him and Trey don't mesh very well together for whatever reason. Then that's um, why you gotta get the big boys in the room, the adults, the captains, the coaches. Look, like we now moving you. Like, Play dude, ball, get this check and let's see how we can fill these seats because everybody not winning championships. See, and this is the part that you know, as a regular common dude. 
it's hard for me to understand because we've been in the military. We done worked in plenty of offices with people that we don't get along with that like the sight of you makes me want to punch you in your face. But when the deadline is there, when the time is coming for us to get work done, you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. We talk to each other if we need help, whatever the case, we get I'll it done. you at turnover. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got to find a way to work that out. You're adults. You know what I mean? You're not 12-year-olds that we got to deal with all this side stuff. Like, you should be able to have a conversation, figure that out. I mean, this has been going on for two years. Just trade the dude or get off the pot, you know, one it, or the other. It's like, and, and that's the part is like, you, I did an assignment this past weekend in my leadership development class about motivation, what motivates people. People always, we always talk, I brought this up in my, I brought up our podcast. I put it in there, put a little burp in our podcast. I even put the name in the discussion post. But what I said was that everyone who doesn't make the money that these NBA players or these professional athletes make always say, man, for $100 million over five years, I can be happy anywhere. For $100,000 a game that some of these guys are getting, I can be happy anywhere. It's like money is not the ultimate motivator. I understand that. But if you just think that just getting rid of a guy is going to solve your problems, where do these problems come from? What's the root cause? Why is it that you have room full of adult men managing this team, and then you have men playing the team, and they're playing a game, and they can't be happy? These are adult men who get to play a game for a living. Granted, it's tough. It's tough on, it's tough for you physically. I'm pretty sure it's tough for you mentally. I'm pretty sure not being, being away from your family, moving around. All of this stuff is tough, but at the end of the day, they're playing a game. So how is it that you as a coach, you can't get your team to rally around a simple idea that can galvanize them and move them forward when other teams are doing it successfully? The walk is doing it successfully. And they just made the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. Boston's doing it successfully, even though their 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 head coach behind the scenes was having problems that people have known about even into last season. So how is it that you have to reevaluate what is your what is your focus? What what's your what's your mission statement? What's your galvanizing point for these players? Everybody wants to just trade these players and write them off, and then the media makes it seem like it's all these guys' fault. It's like, listen. If you're running a billion-dollar business and you can't keep a single player happy or you can't make a, a marketable, proper decision on how to build your team or you go on out here reaching to the point where you got pundits on TV making this face, <laughs> then, like, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're if you're Nathaniel Hackey, you don't know that on fourth and five, kicking a 64-yard field goal doesn't make more sense than just going for it on fourth and five with your three timeouts. And if you don't get it, you can stop with the three timeouts, get the ball back. I mean, if you can't if you can't match upon that while you're playing the game, then it's not all this other stuff that's going on. It's you. You are incapable of doing the job that you think you signed yourself up for. So <laughs> well, since, well, you know, I love Trey Young, but Bubba Chuck, he is not, you know, so like, you know, I, uh, you know, since you brought up Nathaniel Hackett, as you seem to do, you know, I guess this is my time to, my to time. shout out and let let easy money sniper know we ain't got no beef with him. But speaking of Easy Money Sniper, you know, I heard I heard through the grapevine that, you know, you were talking about Brooklyn and getting a 3 and D guy at the beginning of the tenure, you know, of Kyrie and KD. Word on the street is they might be trying to get OG out of Nobi, you know, which I think would be a great pickup for them and would reopen discussions of how they match up with Boston. You know, I don't you know, I don't think he puts something in 
He was that. What does Toronto give him up? They're trying to have a fire sale from what I can tell, you know, like, cause Siakam's on the trade block. Like I mentioned earlier, Van Vliet is apparently Laker bound too, you know, so Greg Trent Jr. Name is out of, there. If you have to get rid of your core players, do you got to get rid of the, 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 the staff of people who put that team together? Well, you know, it's one of those things, right? So going back to the Atlanta Hawks for a second, you know, one of the things that I learned or a term phrase that I learned a few years ago was treadmill team. You know, like they were the definition of a treadmill team. They weren't going to win the title, but they were too good to not make the playoffs. So they were just in that purgatory. You're never going to get the high draft pick, whatever the case may be, blah, blah, blah. That's where Toronto is right now. Toronto's that team. And Chicago is that team right now where they have, let me say it right this time, defraud, defrozen. They have him, you know, but from what I was reading earlier, it looks like they might stand pat. You know, they might not move anybody. I don't think they should move anybody. I think if they're going to move somebody, it should be the head coach. You know, I mean, that's just me. Send that dude back to college because he was great there. You know, um, down here in San Antonio, you know, apparently the Spurs started out wanting two first-round draft picks for Jakub Pertl, you know, Utah, Utah. Utah. You know, they they, they wanted two first-round draft picks for him. I don't know who that one happened. Nobody's going to give that up, you know, and just to circle back, because I didn't give you the full trade. So the full trade allegedly is Mike Conley, Jarrett Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley for Marcel Westbrook and one of those picks, you know, so Utah do that. I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe they just want the pick. They just want Danny Ainge wants picks. You have a nationally televised podcast. Yo, if if Danny... I'm the GM of Utah. You're I, I'm the I'm the I'm signing the checks in Utah. I'm, I'm me and Dwayne Wade. We're on the ownership table. You're the GM. You come in and you explain to me why getting Russell Westbrook from L.A. to our team does anything for us. I would tell you to get the f out of my office. You know, but <laughs> you know, but. Everyone, everyone wants LA to have it all. If you're not trade, listen, Laker fans, if they're not trading Anthony Davis, nothing's happening. Nothing's it's, happening. That's your trade bait. Unless you're gonna sign over the rights to the stadium and mm-hmm. some of that money, or Anthony Davis. Well, you got nothing else. There's well, speaking no- of well, speaking of beginnings, speaking of beginnings, the Lakers should have just got Buddy Hield in the first place. You know, but, you know, that's just me. What do I know? You know, and the last thing I wanted to bring to bring up, you know, unless you have some other things on this topic, the last thing I wanted to bring up was. So apparently. Kyle, not Mike Lowry, is on the move and the Clippers, maybe broad and and, uh, the the Clippers might be. So not the Lakers, but the Clippers may be involved there because he's LeBron's age. There's rumors that they're going to buy out John Wall. He's well, there's ru- age. He's old. There's rumors that they're going to buy out John Wall, who is also old, but not that old, I guess. But. John Wall was all on podcasts all summer long talking about how blah, blah, blah. he should have he gone to the Lakers because the Lakers were more desperate than the Clippers. He and made the decision to go to the Clippers thinking they were, were going to win more. They're not going to win more. He should have just gone to the Lakers. If you want to go to L.A., he should have gone to the Lakers and whatever little meaningless contract he got after the buyout from Houston. Well, I just want John Wall to know. I just know. I just want John Wall to know. I agree with you, John. It is your city. This is not Black Brad City. 
you know, I just want you to know that. He's DC is his city. Yes, DC I, is his city. On trade proposal, once again, every trade proposal, because I like Russell Westbrook. If I if I could envision like an exciting player and a player to watch that's always on. You got a guy like John Morant, but I think he just does it that he just they just do too much dance and all that stuff. I'm a little too old for that. I like Russ with the old school come through with the tomahawk. The problem is they devalued him so much thinking because they were LA that they were gonna make a deal happen and not realize like, yo, you are so far behind the eight ball and this these deals. If you can only offer Russell Westbrook and some picks that are like a couple of presidential elections away, think about this. The 2027 first round pick is 13 right now. He's 13 years old today. So you want me to trade Kyrie, you want me to trade Bradley Bill, you want me to trade Zach Levine, you want me to trade DeMar DeRozan, you want me to trade anybody for Russell Westbrook, who's coming off the bench, doesn't shoot free throws well, he's gone on every year, doesn't shoot the three well, doesn't seem to make game-ending clutch plays very well, like he doesn't drive to the hoop and get the layup, like he drives and like the ball just kind of goes askew, he doesn't he doesn't seem to make the game-ending clutch moment plays. He seems to make more blunders in that in those moments. You want me to take him and a 13-year-old that might be good when he is 19 today so I can send my $50 million a year shooting guard to L.A. So it could be A.D., Bradley Bill, and LeBron James for the rest of the season. In what world would any GM sign up for that? I don't know, but somebody please come rescue me and get this dude off my team. You know, somebody do it. Please, please. I'm begging you, please. You know, but anyway, before we put this bow on this, <laughs> anything else you heard that, you know, through the grapevine? Like, oh, oh. All I read was the Jalen Brown for KD, which I would do. I'd make that move. Um, but that's a real asset. Jalen Brown's a real asset. Russ Westbrook's not a real asset. So do you one have guy, to... One guy was in line to be finals MVP last year if he put together two more good games. And the other guy has been on a trading block since, what, <laughs> early, like, since for like about a year? So it's probably like the all-star break last year. He's been on the trading block. So, so if Boston doesn't win the title this year, is this something that we're going to have to revisit with Jalen Brown feeling a certain way with his name out there like that? Depends on uh, how big the check is that they write his name on. <laughs> all, I all wish. Forgotten. I wish that Scottie Pippen would have waited around and got a bigger check than what he ended up with. Because when I was watching The Last Dance, why I don't know why he signed that contract. He must have really needed that money. I, You know, Scotty, come on, man. I love you, man. You're one of my favorite players. Like, you know, and I just want to know, 
why doesn't anybody want to be Scottie Pippen? So I get why everybody wants to be Mike. You know, he had the commercial. Sometimes I dream that I could be. You know, I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? But why don't nobody want to be Scotty? He had cool shoes with the big ass letters. Doesn't make any sense. It, to me, to me, anyone who saw that whole Bulls dynasty, the championships, the acclaim, Jordan, the highlights, the last dance, Phil Jackson with the gray hair, all of that stuff. If you saw that, and then you're Tracy McGrady, you're on team with your cousin Vince Carter, and the reason you want out is because you want to be pipping to his Jordan. And then people say, oh, yeah, you want to be your own man and, and run your own team. Was Pippen not his own man? Did he not just own man and dunk all over Patrick Ewan and then push him into the camera? You know, was he not out there shutting it down? Was he not out there playing with a migraine? Did he not win six championships? And then when Mike went to go play baseball, he still won 50-something, 58 games, 56, 57 games. Yeah, they, they, went, they won 57 the year, the last year of Jordan, won 55 the year that Jordan left. Yeah, so, yeah. I understand because even even on the my source that I'm using here, basketball reference, the he has four nicknames underneath his name. Pip, Scott, Batman, Robin. Scott. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard anyone call him any of those names. I've heard Pip. <laughs> That's the only one I heard. Scott, Batman, Robin. I heard Robin being used as a like a derogatory term, like oh no one wants to be Robin and Batman. I'm like yo, they both in the comic book. <laughs> they they both have costumes. They both have a role. I get that. If you feel like you're better than the other guy, and then the other guy's getting treated more, getting paid more, and like you're fighting for your negotiation, you're fighting for your money. Because if you look at this current state of the people who won championships. Steph is your quote-unquote quintessential Batman. Clay Thompson would be his Robin or the Pippin, Jordan Pippin. I think Clay Thompson's deal is about $198 million or something like that. That's not a bad Robin deal. And it works because it allows each player to excel for the benefit of the team. Clay Thompson defends the bigger guy. Steph Curry drives the other team's best defender crazy. So either you put the best defender on Clay because if Clay gets hot, then Steph is going to keep feeding him, or you put your best defender on Steph and hope that he doesn't tire out. But then Clay is Golden State's best on ball defender of a wing player. You got Draymond down low. At least this was during their heyday when they were making and, that. And so, through all that, and through all that, they still call him Game Six Clay. Scored <laughs> thirty-seven points in one quarter. He scored sixty points on thirteen dribbles. Go to YouTube. There is a video of Clay Thompson. I think he scored sixty points and he dribbled the ball thirteen times. Yeah, it was something like he had the ball for like less than a minute, or like right at a minute, or something like that. 60 points. 60 points. Dwayne Wade won a ring. LeBron James then goes down to Miami. They won a couple of more. 
was the way way Robin to Batman or the Pippin to LeBron Jordan or were they down there going to four straight NBA finals winning two on top of the finals MVP he already had with Shaq as his second best player or when Kobe was the second best player to Shaq like this notion that being the second best player to a guy who's having an outstanding season or series or even career is asinine to me. So being second to LeBron in all those years when they were going to the finals eight years in a row is a negative thing. LeBron trying to take a backseat to AD. Does that diminish what LeBron can do, what he's, what he's capable of? No, it doesn't make any sense. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it's your camp that gets you like that. I don't know if it's the agents. I don't know if it's the media. But realistically, if every team, I think they have enough cap space to sign like two max players off the rip. I think they could finagle it and get a third. But I think every team can pretty much pay two guys 50 and 40 million a year and then still fill the team. There's nothing wrong with being the forty million dollar a year guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the negative connotation comes from. Well, you know, different. Maybe you had different conversations. You know, I admit. You know, I prefer Nightwing to Robin. You know, <laughs> but that's just me. You know, but when I think about Robin, I think about a dude that from time to time gets into a little trouble needs to be rescued. You know, he has a cool sword that he breaks out every now and again, you know what I mean? But I hear these things about Jordan, you know, even myself in our last episode, I talked about the, you know, aura and the magic and the mythicalness of Michael Jordan, you know, and you see what that word was, right? Mythical. Mythical is the word because I was watching Scottie Pippen as a 12 year old. And I saw the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Bulls went down 0-2 to the Knicks. Right? So when you say that out loud and you think about it, you say to yourself, oh, I bet you Michael Jordan came out and dropped 40 the next game. He took that. No. He went (laughs) 3 for 18. That's what he did. He went 3 for 18. Yeah, Scotty saved that game, you know, first of all. You know, back, you know, everybody says, you know what it is, 6-0, no game seven. Well, in 1992 against the Portland Trailblazers, the reason why there was no game seven is because the Bulls were down 15 with Jordan on the bench. And Scottie Pippen led the bench players. He was the only starter on the floor. Led them on a 14-2 run to get back into the game before the starters came back in. That ain't a robin to me. Now, I think Scottie Pippen played the number two because of who Jordan was more so than he had to. You know, I do think that obviously Scottie Pippen benefited from having Michael Jordan. I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, Kyrie Absolutely. benefited from having LeBron, so on and so forth. It happens. Kyrie benefited from it by being wide open on the pass to double Jordan, yeah. Yeah, so I thought of, like, who could be a modern-day Scottie Pippen? Because Scottie wasn't necessarily a great shooter by any means or anything like that. He did make 12 all-defensive teams in his 17 seasons. 
So I tried to so I tried to think of a moment or a series or something that would make me think of Scottie Pippen. And what I thought about now, everybody's going to retort and say, but they lost that series. It doesn't diminish the point. It was the NBA Finals. But Jimmy Butler against the Lakers. You know, that reminded me of a Scottie Pippen moment because he's not a Jordan by any means. He's probably more of a Pippen. He's probably stronger than Pippen, but he's a Pippen from the standpoint of he was a, He was a Jordan he played the Jordan role. In he had season. to, but he's a but, Pippen. But there's no other option, though. So right, like, and, and that's why, yeah, Jordan and that's why I didn't work. Yeah. And that's why I didn't work. Awesome. Yeah, that's why I didn't work, because, you know, he didn't have, he had a young team, first of all, but we saw him put up the 44 and damn near pass out. You know what I mean? Twice. Like, Twice. but he had to, go, but he still had to play defense. That's why he was going to pass out. The same way that the same way that in game two in the 1991 finals, they had to pull Jordan off of magic. They said, Scotty, go do that. They put Scotty on the alpha dog of the world champion, you know, ran the 80s L.A. Lakers, you know, because Jordan, not that he couldn't do it because Jordan, they played off and on. But they don't win that series without Pippen's moment and, and taking over that defense that changed game two and kept them from going down 2-0. Really? I don't think they went in. I don't think Jordan. I don't think Jordan wins. Uh oh. Uh oh. I don't think he wins. I don't think he wins all six. I'm not sure if he gets the six without Scotty. And it's not a knock on Jordan. Like I said, it's just an energy thing. It's only so much one player can do, no matter how dynamic they are, for a sustained period of time. Like I said, we've all heard like the stories and shooting like 36 holes of golf and stuff like that. I just want to know if he could have battled through these series in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Knicks with the you... with Orlando, Orlando and 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 Shaq with. Penny and, and the like, like, I just think that at some point, the game where, yeah, he could put up 25 shots and maybe drop 42 points, but does he have the energy to fight through the pick and roll when Penny Hardaway comes back up in the Eastern Conference Finals and Shaq is setting the screen? Does he have enough energy to get back and defend that? Okay, so let me so let me ask you this. Let me ask you. You have to be able to. To move, you have to be able to move some of that, those responsibilities to your entire team. So let me ask you this. So with what you just said, does it have to be someone in the Pippen role or does it just have to be another good to great player? So like if I put like, say, Sean Kemp with Jordan or if I put like, a, you know, I don't know if I put David Robinson with Jordan. You know, do they still win championships or does it have to be in that Pippen mold for it to work? I think I think the the reason it worked with Pippen is because it was a transition to where your two guard, small forward, your your two and three guys in the NBA were starting to get a little bit more I'm trying trying to think of the word. It was when you at first it was like everything went to the big man, so then it started going through Jordan and guys like that. Dominique started, 
you know, getting his little shine and started getting like guys like Penny, Vince, and then like, you know, later on AI. So you started getting Kobe's, you started getting these shooting guards where teams were shooting guard centric. The reason that I think it worked for Jordan and having Pippen was because there wasn't another guy like Jordan and he was the alpha in that regard because there was no one else like him. Anyone that was close that played them, Scotty can shut that guy down. So Scotty can guard Clyde Drexler. No one could guard Jordan. So Jordan can still be Jordan and Pippen was preventing guys from even getting close. So that was allowing these comebacks. That was allowing some of these victories. And it wasn't it was, like I said, this is not a this is not like I'm not trying to diminish Jordan. It's more no, about, no, no, no. Yeah. I like of the importance of having a dynamic second guy. You don't need a whole team of just guys. Like remember when Portland had like a whole starting lineup of guys on the bench, had like Rod Strickland, Greg Anthony, C. Smith. I think Rasheed Wallace was coming off the bench. Like, that's too many guys. That's too many guys to try to fill. There's only a few roles you need on the NBA team. You can have a couple of guys be your enforcers. You have a couple of couple two or three guys be your rebounders. Uh, you have your your starting point guard. You have your point guard that comes off the bench that runs the offense, and you can have your starting score, and then maybe a guy in your second unit that can get a bucket. You don't need. I don't need th- I don't need four guys who think they're Jordan all on my team at the same time because it's not enough ball for that. Scottie Pippen was proof. Like you don't need a bunch of guys who play like Jordan to still win, but mm-hmm. you need a guy like Scottie Pippen to shut down the other teams version of Jordan. And see, and that's why I would have... For the Bulls. See, that's why I would have liked to see the T-Mac-Vince combo that you brought up. Cause, and, and I would have loved to have seen T-Mac with Grant Hill, you know, down in Orlando when that was going to be a thing. But Grant Hill couldn't walk, you know, or whatever. But, you yeah. know, but I don't know. Like, that's tough to think about because, you know, like, I think of, you know, because I know, you know, they had Horace Grant, you know, for the first championship run. So I think that somebody like Ron Harper might have been still young enough. I don't know what the condition of his knees were by then, because I know he came on for the second three-peat, and he was just washed up by then. But for that first three-peat, you know, I think he might have still been okay enough to play the Pippen role. Uh, maybe he come there? Does he I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names. Since I'll... you took Pippen away, I got I to gotta replace Pippen with somebody. You know? <laughs> so, so Ron yeah. Harper's a, a name that comes to mind. You know, or what if it's not a Pippen, but it's somebody like a Glenn Rice type that still plays the three, can shoot, you know, not necessarily a defender, but but maybe he he relieves Jordan in some way. They would have to be committed to defense in order to for it to work. They would have to be committed to locking down the other team's best player and doing the other stuff. Because Jordan was your, he was your, your your driving force. He was your energy. He was your scorer. He was your motivator. He was your agitator. Whatever, whatever adjective you want to bestow upon Jordan, he had all that. But he needed another guy to do that. Not, not needed in the sense that he would have been unsuccessful otherwise. Right, 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 right. Like a good quarterback needs a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's well, great what... by receivers, you know, all these guys. But if you don't have good. <laughs> There's only well, so much arm can do. Well, that's why when you brought up the Clippers earlier, you know, matching up with Dallas, that was interesting to me because, 
you know, in that scenario, I would assume that Kawhi is the Jordan and Paul George is the Pippen in that scenario, Paul Pippen. But I think, but I think Kawhi is out so much that the line gets blurred and Paul George has to become the Jordan, you know, more than he probably has to. If if you watch the way Kawhi plays basketball, he plays like the guy who wore 23 in Chicago. Yeah, he plays like Jordan. You know, Doc Rivers, I never thought about it until Doc Rivers said it a few years ago. He's might he might be a little bigger because mm-hmm. of modern players are just a little bit bigger, but like right. got a build, solid up top, lot of shoulders, uses his shoulders to create space. Paul George, just this unicorn of a defender at six nine, like he can guard. He could probably realistically today's game. De'Aaron Fox is probably a little too quick, but I can see him guarding Donovan Mitchell one game. Mm-hmm. And then be a matchup with LeBron another game. Yeah, he could, then, he could match up with like a Mike Conley. And then getting Westbrook when Westbrook comes in off the bench or Clarkson or like Murray, DeJounte Murray out of Atlanta. I could see him guarding those. Maybe not Trey Young, the way ironically mm-hmm. Ben Simmons could guard Trey Young, but for some reason he can't figure out how to be tipping to KD and Kyrie's Batman. Like, that's the thing. If Pippen was playing like the way Ben Simmons is playing, it wouldn't work. But if Ben Simmons could play the way Pippen played for those '90s Bulls, knows that in that mm-hmm. run, you could. So you mean somebody could put my six ten guy on your on my on your best offensive player? Keep in mind, how many guys on the wings were six eight mm-hmm. in that time frame? So like he wasn't. He was just. He was equally as an anomaly as Jordan. It's just that his what made him different wasn't um, a highlight. It wasn't a lot of highlight reels. It's not a lot of highlight reels of playing good defense. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just basically keeping your feet, arms, defending passes. It's not a highlight getting a well, strip highlight. Well, you know, and, and don't forget, you know, um, you know, as far as the Robin thing goes, not too many Robins finished third in MVP voting, you know, and when Jordan did decide to go on his sabbatical, you know, and go play a whole nother sport. Needed a break. He was carrying the league for like five years. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> you and my pops, y'all both have a different story. I can't corroborate it, so I can't. I can't corroborate it, but it makes sense to me. But um, but 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 Pippen did the LeBron thing, where he pretty much led the Bulls in just about every category that year. And if it wasn't for that one, I mean, I know we don't like to do the referee thing, but if it wasn't for that one ref in Game Six. The Bulls are playing a game seven with the chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And Scotty went to Portland. And, you know, he may not have been the leading scorer, but he was absolutely the leader of that team. You know, you know, with Rasheed Wallace, you know, Steve Smith, so on and so forth. You know, these guys were, hate to do it again, a referee away from winning in the Staples Center and going to the NBA Finals in game seven. So, so Scotty, I think over time proved his worth, you know, beyond being the guy that's beside Michael Jordan. You know, I think that players today, not saying that there needs to be a league full of Pippins, but I, but I do think that there's qualities, mentalities that some of these guys can take that would make their teams better, or that would, like, like if if if, 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 if like Pippin, if you play like Pippin, you will lead a floor. Or, or what about what about Jalen what about Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum? You know, I feel like Jalen Brown from time to time still tries to wrestle the team away from Tatum. 
it's like it, it's it's tough because I think the I think the Batman Robin comparison, the Jordan Pippen moniker, for some reason people view it as like derogatory or has negative connotation to be Pippen to Jordan. I'm like, those guys won six championships. They brought Dennis Rodman and won three more. Like, I mean, like they did, they had two three-peats. I don't, I think the Lakers had one since, and that's it. Mm-hmm. We're in 2023. I mean, we could basically say the Warriors aren't going to win for the next two years. So whoever the wins this. didn't even win back to back. You know, so like you had the, the, the Miami Heatles. They only won two. Mm-hmm. And then and the and the two that they lost on the the bookings, it wasn't like they were close to a three P. It wasn't like they lost two game sevens. They lost a game six the first time and they lost in five the second time. So it was like it's it's not something that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um even the Warriors when they lost twenty sixteen to LeBron and Kyrie. You can say Ari Kyrie was a pip in that, and I think that might have been one of the can't speak for him, but I can imagine like that kind of thought process was like, I don't want to be second fiddle to LeBron. I was like, yo, y'all went to NBA finals, you got injured, came back, beat Golden State, and then came back and they had added Kevin Durant and you guys lost in five. But the game you won. I think they were up like 80 to 45 at some point in that game. I mean, I was watching on TV on re- replaying Vegas. And then LeBron, then the following year, like Kyrie was already gone. But I think people in your camp, if people in your camp can really have this conversation, like, listen, man, people talk about Scottie Pippen, but he has six NBA championships. And he's highly regarded as, as one of the catalysts for Jordan's success. So it's not a matter of, People don't talk about Ron Harper that way. People don't talk about Horace Grant that way. People even don't even talk about Phil Jackson that way. People say Phil Jackson just basically rode the coattails of these four stars, Kobe, Shaq, Jordan, Pippen. If that, if that were true, if that were true, then Doug Collins and Dell Harris would have championship rings as head coaches. True indeed, but no one says, people say the conversation is Jordan didn't win without Pippen. Oh, and Phil. Like, I heard someone say it on TV the other day, and I heard another conversation as well. It's like, oh, Jordan didn't win anything without Pippen or or Phil, but Pippen is a primary piece. Kyrie, healthy, 2015, they beat Golden State. If he doesn't hurt, if they don't go to overtime, and he doesn't hurt his kneecap in that game, I think they beat them that year. I think they beat them again in 2016, and Kevin Durant doesn't go there, mm-hmm. and 17 because like man, and, and and never let people forget because like Raph said this is not taking anything away from Jordan not we're at just, all we're just dealing with absolute fact so when people talk about Robin I want you to reply that Robins don't turn you into a three-peat when your previous playoff record was one and nine without Robin. That's what I want people to tell you. Now that don't mean, that don't mean that, like I said earlier, if he had a Sean Kemp or somebody like that, that he doesn't win some playoff series or whatever the case may be. But what we do know to be fact is that he was one and nine in the playoffs before that boy from Arkansas showed up. 
you know. So all I want to tell NBA players today is that it is okay to be Scotty Pippen. Now, you know, like for somebody, and, and that's where I think, I don't know, because in the NBA it's hard. You know, coaches don't have, I guess, the leniency or the leeway that NFL coaches have, because, you know, NFL coaches just tell you, like, hey, you go sit down, you take the snaps, or whatever the case may be. So in the NBA, you know, I'm sure, like, Tyron Lue's not saying, hey, PG, you know, you need to let Kawhi take that shot. You know, like, I'm pretty sure that might happen after the fact, but it's not happening in the moment, you know, so. Because uh, didn't David Blatt drop a play for Kyrie and then LeBron said, nah, I'm taking a shot against the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. So you could draw it up. Um, maybe that was part of the reason why Kyrie was like, I got to get up out of here. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to see Iverson with a Pippen, you know, or, you know, like, I don't know. Like, he you know. had well, I mean, he had Aaron McKee, but I mean, like... Yeah, Carmelo. Didn't work out. It, does, it doesn't work out. So if you can get in a position where it can work out, that means it's not it's not the fact that you're second fiddle to this star, i.e. Anthony Simmons, or C.J. McCollum, and then... I didn't Le- mean second fiddle. I mean actual Pippen-type player. Oh, Pippen. <laughs> player. Yeah, not Carmelo, not not him. With the moniker, I'm going with I'm going with the moniker of a star with another star. We don't talk about people affiliated with Jim Beheim on this show. Yeah, he got a championship with (laughs) Carmelo. I'm just talking about the guys who were because a lot of people who were who were second fiddle to the star Mm -hmm. immediately viewed themselves as a Pippen, right? But under a negative under a negative umbrella. I'm like, well, yeah, you're a second to a guy. People are going to be better than you. There's going to be a person better. You're probably going to be a better person on your team. There's nothing saying that you can't be outstanding. Like I, I talk, like I said, I talk about this a lot. My son's youth football team, him and his friend Brent, both running backs. And we went to a game, and one of the coaches, a real cool coach, because you know, you play in the same league for years. They recognize my son wore the same number every year. And in the parking lot, the coach saw us. He's like, oh, all we got to do is stop him, and we're going to win this game today. I was like, yeah, we got you. We got you, 11. And he was, I mean, he was talking trash, but he, I mean, he was, it was, it was fun. It was fun just, you know, back and forth banter. Well, he didn't realize that number 28, Brentwood Lulak, was going to go for 200 yards and four touchdowns because you got your whole defense looking at 11. So my son would go one way. That whole defense is shifting. Here comes Brent. Right up the gut, down the sideline, 200 yards, four touchdowns. My son still got a touchdown. I think he might have ran one or he threw one in. But So they got five touchdowns between the two of them. But one kid got 200 yards a game and four touchdowns. Well, at the end of the year, they handed out the awards. My son played defense. They both played defense. They both played offense. Well, Brent had more touchdowns on offense, so he's offensive MVP. My son got more strip sacks and tackles and everything on defense, so he got defensive MVP. So it was like, yeah, one guy may have better numbers than you on the same side of the ball, but you can still have a great impact. And that was it. It was like they basically were allowed, the way they played, allowed other guys to play in certain positions. You didn't need a third and fourth kid to play running back because you had two kids that are dynamic there. And you had a kid tackling on one side, a kid tackling on the other side. So you can keep guys in their position. That's what it's all about. But guys want to shine in the awards at the end of the year versus this is my impact today. A whole like my son was like a whole game plan was 
my other team was to stop me and my friend goes for 200 yards and we won. You know, you know, it's funny. I just thought about it because I brought up Jimmy Butler earlier, you know, being a Pippen kind of guy. And then I just realized as we were going back through this and I was like, well, he kind of became that guy in Miami because he had to, but he didn't want to be Derrick Rose's Pippen. <laughs> so it just, it, it just came full circle, you know, like it just, it's just a thing. Like nobody wants to be the Pippen. Just like I'm sure in hockey, everybody wants to be Ovechkin or Gretzky or whoever, you know, but I wonder if we just, besides Josh, besides Josh, if, yeah, if we, we got one down besides Josh. You know, shout out Josh Wagner, you know, saying like, uh, shout out Gunny. Up on, what is it, Minnesota, the Minnesota Wild stats? Yeah. So, so besides Josh Wagner, if if I if I ask the rest of the people of Real Sports 365, how many of them could name more than five NHL players? Man. Like, like how many people in your daily life, how many people in your daily life do you think could name more than five NHL players? In my daily life? In your daily life. I work. Um, I work at a. I work at a flying squadron with a bunch of pilots. <laughs> <laughs> we understand the demographic that I'm, that I'm working with. So my, I work with a bunch of air crew. Used to work with them. So, they can name off a lot of hockey players. They can't name a lot of uh, basketball players. <laughs> they, uh, can name, they, can, they can name. They can name what they've been um, catered. To. I think. But I, I think a lot of hockey. <laughs> office that will be able to name more i think like 95 percent of the people that i come in contact with would tell me Sidney crosby and that ovechki guy you know that's what they, that's what they would tell me gretzky they'll throw you a gretzky you gotta get a yeah. gretzky yeah, yeah they might throw a gretzky they, they might throw a, a mark messier every now and again messier is, is too many syllables now you get a gretzky <laughs> crosby ovechki because it's russian everybody just likes russian names yeah, so so simple question. Why isn't hockey more popular? It's short of short answer, it's just it's not it's not enough black athletes in it. That's just short answer. Which is just that's a lazy answer if that's all I was gonna say about it. But ultimately Hockey is like a niche sport, similar to soccer, lacrosse, some of these other sports, where I think the stigma is you have to be this demographic or this socioeconomic status to participate. Really, it's just a matter of awareness of like how to participate. Mm-hmm. You can learn how to skate because you can learn how to skate young. Like my, I have like I said, I have three sons, I have three sons of a daughter. I don't think she's gonna skate. She's gonna start t-ball here in the in the summer, late spring summer. But my oldest son and my youngest son both played hockey where we're stationed out in Utah because my coworkers all grew up playing hockey. A bunch of them were from Utah. A couple of guys were from the Northeast, like one guy was from New Hampshire, he played hockey growing up. So it's an, it's, it's 
where you live is just like your your location geographically where you play like where it's popular to play hockey because every place doesn't have an ice sheet so they would play pond hockey because it would get so cold in new hampshire like this weekend it was like negative 104 fahrenheit or something like that mm-hmm. bananas I, I just when i seen the videos like this gotta be wrong but yeah. they play they'd play pond hockey it was like a big deal so if you had a town that was on a you know near a body of water freezes over they put the nets out there it was like a whole it was like a whole thing same thing for my friends in utah so then the olympics came to utah in 2002 and they built more ice sheets to accommodate all the games well once they realized the popularity after the olympics were over they built even more ice sheets and then they built double ice sheets so hockey just grew in popularity because of the location but so that was utah you said right that was utah Okay, keep going. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, demographics is, I think Utah is something like 96% Caucasian and like 4%. It's like a combination of everybody else. It, it, the numbers might be different now, but that's, I think that's pretty much the standard matter of the three, mm-hmm. three and a half of there. Mm-hmm. But I think initially people just feel like, oh, it costs too much. Yeah, it costs a lot to play hockey now because i think a lot of hockey is a more of a travel sport because it costs so much they figure well you can only play quality teams because they're not everywhere so my son played when he was nine so it was 2011 there were we played in ogden so we played the ice sheet that was at the university we were a subsidiary of the university we had the university colors the coaches came out and helped. We used their ice sheet. They eventually got funding to build another ice sheet, like just another hockey rink. I keep saying ice sheet because that's how we talk in the hockey world. Like, so it's just a rink. So it's a rink on one side, and then it was like a hallway, and then section lobby, foyer area, and then it was a, another one on the other side. So they, these places were popping up all over Utah. So everywhere that built one, they would build two because if you booked a tournament, you can essentially double your teams because – you had two sheets to put teams on to play games on. Or if you had them, if they were young enough, you put a little pad, you know, so a pad across the middle, you can have two teams on one ice sheet and then a full game on the other one. So, like, it was a lot of logistically, it just worked out. But what, what ended up happening was that if you don't have enough teams in your area, you have to travel. And that's where it gets pricey. Because the equipment, you can get, even if you spent, Right now, my youngest son's 14. He played when he was three, four, five, six in that range. He played in that time frame. So from like preschool through kindergarten to first grade, he played hockey once or, once or twice in like some smaller seasons and like a couple of full seasons. So he had, a, he had a good run with his equipment that I bought him when he was three years old. Well, if your feet don't grow, you can keep those skates and you, you spend a few hundred bucks on skates. So two, we'll say two fifty, three hundred bucks on skates because you want them to fit comfortably. The shin guards, the pants, the shoulder pads, gloves, elbow pads, those can be regular. Get a good helmet. You want to, you want their feet to be good. You want their helmet to be good. Well, a lot of times with hockey parents, they'll tell you, oh, don't buy another one of those. We got one. He grew out of it last year. We'll just bring it to practice next time. So essentially you just kind of connect yourself to like another hockey family and you guys just exchange your stuff down, and then you give it to the ice sheet that you play at, and then they keep it in a closet, and they're like, oh, don't worry about that. 
we'll buy you another one. The real fees come in when it comes to travel. Because if you're playing in an area that doesn't have a lot of, like, Maryland, for instance. Say you want to, you're in a hockey club in Maryland. There's probably not a bunch of people who want to play hockey. So you'll have one or two places where you can play hockey. Or if you want to play multiple games in the hockey season, you're going to have to play in Delaware, Virginia, different parts of Maryland, maybe Pennsylvania, Jersey. So you got to pay the travel fees. That's where it gets pricey. Right now, my son's on a travel across team. I think it's like $3,000 for the season. But if we want to go to this tournament down in Florida, we got to fly down to Florida. We got to pay an entry fee for the tournament, like separate than what we currently pay for travel. So I think that is where you kind of lose people because it's fun. Hockey's fun. Hockey's fun even 10 years old. But you lose people. Um, because as they get older, it gets even more expensive. So the numbers that I found, you know, is that the average cost of hockey for a child didn't specify age, but just children is $2,583 per year. And that's mostly break, broken up by $829 on average for the travel and then $389 for the equipment. You know, that's the... Those are the big chunks. And then you got all the extra stuff that you were talking about, entry fees, so on and so forth. But, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, like the NHL, you know, we got that going on. You know, Alexander Ovechkin, my guy, you know, but before I even go forward, shout out to the Tucson Roadrunners, you know. But, uh, you know, as I was looking at this, I tried to think about it from the standpoint of the other popular sports that we, you know, football, baseball, basketball and the first thing I thought about was recruiting you know like college football recruiting is big time you know people follow that stuff like it's a religion so they know these kids they kind of grow up with them if you will or the kids I guess they watch the kids grow up so by the time they're at the university they've been watching this player for five or six years you know when you look at basketball kind of the same thing baseball college baseball not is not necessarily the same in that way but the College World Series is a big deal. You know, we know it's in Omaha. You know, you know, we know an SEC team is probably going to win that, too. You know, we, we keep up with that. We know about that. I even had a college baseball video game at one time for, for the PS3. You know, you know, but when I look at hockey, yeah, but when I look at hockey, I don't know any of these college players. And it's sad because, you know, you got March Madness. You know, you had the BCS. Hockey has the coolest name, the Frozen Four. That's the cool. Oh, coolest! See what I did there? They have the coolest name, the Frozen Four. You know, like, uh, but but all I know about the Frozen Four is that you could probably count on a Minnesota school, a Michigan school, maybe Boston College, maybe Notre Dame. You know, the, these Midwestern. The North Dakota, you got North Dakota in there. No, I didn't say North Dakota, but yep, you know, like some some kind of mid, upper Midwest to like. Boston, you know, like that general area seems to rule the roost because I remember turning on ESPN and I've seen college lacrosse from time to time. I've seen college soccer, you know, um, from time to time, just a few months ago, actually. So so from that standpoint, we don't we're not familiar with the players that and how many of those players actually make it to the NHL, because the NHL Usually when I see it, it's a real Canadian and it's real Russian. But but the reason that I wanted to ask this question is because hockey has everything that Americans love. It's it's quick paced. There's violence. 
you know, and I'm not even just talking about the fights, but you're just pinning people up against the glass. So I know for me, random black people that I've talked to over the years, um, a lot of them were turned off. They like the fighting, but when we see an NFL player or NBA player fight, there's that like subtle, they're a thug. You know, what are they doing? Whereas these hockey players, baseball players are throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs at people and then they get into a scrap and everybody's like, check out the fight. You yeah. know, but the, but the NBA, it's like, what are these thugs doing? So there's just like NBA, that connotation. NBA, you're losing a couple of games and a paycheck. Yeah. You're so they're in baseball. I yeah. think it's off the bench in hockey, you, you can get suspended. Yeah. But, but, but like most fights, you get like a, you know, you go to the penalty box and then you're right back. Five minute, you get a five minute game misconduct penalty. I think it's yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going <laughs> to crack down on it, but I think one of the reasons they didn't crack down on it because it is interwoven to the fabric of their popularity that that's they- what people love. You know, I took my wife, I took my wife to a Capitals game. You know, we were in Baltimore visiting family. We went down to DC, went to a Capitals game, and you know, we were probably, you know, seven minutes left to go in the third period. And she turns and looks at me and she's like, We haven't seen one fight yet. And, you know, and I'm like, woman, watch the damn hockey. Like, you know, I was having fun. I was loving it. Like, because I can't skate to save my life. Yo, hockey is the most exciting sporting event to watch live. It is. I, I, any I, love. Hockey, hockey and soccer live. Like, they, I don't know what it is. Like, they, they just do it for me. But, but, like, yeah, like, I can't skate. So, I actually, when I'm watching hockey, I marvel at these dudes. Like, the fact that they're so accurate with the passes, that they get the shots on goal because – I would just be sliding up and down the floor, you know, falling on my face if I was out there. So, yeah, it's so, it's, so, it's, so they got there on skates for the helmet one year. I was like, man, I don't know how y'all do it. My feet hurt. My fingers hurt. I, <laughs> so I just want America. I want America to let me know how I can start voting in polls because I always find these statistics and I ain't voting none of it. So what I was looking at, I looked at some demographics, you know, age. So in the age group of 18 to 34, 17% of Americans consider themselves to be avid hockey fans. You know, 17. 17. It drops down to 13 when you go 35 to 44, which surprised me. I thought that would be like the highest one. That that you would think that'd be the highest one. Yeah, and then um, it drops to 10%. Once you go 45 to 64 and then above 65 is 5%, they're sleeping. You know, I, I get yeah. that, you know, but, but, but like, it was just shocking to me because I see people wear, I mean, not very often, not as much as football jerseys, but I see people wear hockey jerseys. You know, I got a few hockey jerseys in the closet, you know? So, so I, I and when I go to hockey games, the arena's full. So like they have fans, but then I thought about it and I can't find it on TV anywhere. Like, I guess like a lot of hockey games come on versus, the hockey, I remember watching, this is something that, if you think about this, their playoffs run concurrently, essentially, with the NBA playoffs. So, the NBA first round game can start, we'll just throw arbitrary date, April 20th. And you have OKC versus Golden State in the first round. That game comes on at, say it comes on at 8.30 Eastern, right? That series ends. And then another series is going on at the same time, and one's a sweep, and then the team that they're going to play goes to six games. Well, 
the NBA will have it almost to where they wait until like the very last possible day to start the second round so you don't have first round games going on the same time as the second round games. Hockey will just go <laughs> and just kind of let it figure out. And they, and they'll, they'll, that game will come on at 3.30 on the Saturday. Yeah, it's like, yo, meet me in the conference finals. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> the game is on. Like, listen, this is when we got the sheet for. I don't know if it's a matter of stadium availability because of the NBA playoffs or what they have to do to turn an arena from a basketball arena to a hockey rink and the timing. They were like, listen, we just got to go. We don't have time to wait because we can't wait until this date because they got this going on this date, whatever the case may be. But like hockey will yeah, have. Yeah, still got concerts and stuff to yeah, worry about. If mm-hmm. you finish your first round matchup and the team that you played against finished their first round matchup, then you can beat this following Tuesday at 425 then that's when the game is going to be on. Whereas the NBA is like, they got to have prime time. Can you imagine the AFC championship game came on? I mean, we'll, we'll go if it came on 1130 on Saturday and the other one came on 230 on Sunday, the NFL would be like, no, 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 we need <laughs> three o'clock and we need 630. So we have your whole day for multiple weeks in a row. The hockey doesn't, doesn't, they, I don't yeah. know if they care for that, but they don't have the same TV constraints where they just take over days out of the week. I think it's a matter of like let's get let's get hockey on the ice sheet. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing hockey playoff games recently on NBC. You know, but leave, but, but 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 network but, NBCSN or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 NBCSN. Yep, yeah. and then in Peacock now, I guess. But you know, but before that. You know, they were hard to find, you know, and, and like I said, regular season games, you know, I, I just happen to have sling TV. So I have versus so I can watch some hockey. You know, I can keep up with Ovechkin chasing Wayne Gretzky. But, you know, but outside of that, you know, Sports Center, you might see hockey, you know, on a top 10 play or something like that, you know, but they're not I, just covering it. I remember hosting because uh, like I had, had co-workers that played hockey. I'm like, yo, come over to my house. Um, we'll watch, I believe it was game seven, and this was in Utah. And I remember when the games, it was a Friday, mm-hmm. but the game started. It was, uh, the sun was still up in Utah. So I don't know if it was like maybe later, like, I mean, obviously it was two hours later on the East Coast, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was that late. I don't think it was like 8.30. I think it might have been even with that, like 7, 7.30. Because, like I said, when we sat down to watch the game, it was game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. And it was, like, on a Friday when people were getting off work. Imagine the Super Bowl was this Friday. Imagine getting off work, <laughs> beating rush hour, getting home, sitting down, and the Super Bowl came on. But I think with hockey fan, I think hockey, they're just like, you know what? We're putting it on because we're putting on a show. We're not creating a narrative four hour show whereas sometimes right. like the NBA like they'll put you know they'll they'll they have all day Christmas. They take all they they play these five games for Christmas and then I think they send a memo to the teams like the low manage. I don't know if hockey low manages, I doubt it. But hockey hockey's one of those sports where it's it's a real it's an ultimate team sport. People don't realize that because those lines 
you play, if there's 16 dudes on your bench, you're playing. Everyone's playing. It's not like the NBA where it's like five dudes right now could not have tennis shoes on and we wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway, dudes probably don't have their shorts on underneath. Like, none of these dudes got tape on their ankles. It's like, listen, I'm not getting in the game. Hockey, those dudes, it's a 60-minute game, three periods, 20 minutes each. I think most of the players, I think a, a top player averages like 21 minutes ice time because it's aggressive. Boom, 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 come off the ice. Boom, 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 come off the ice. Not a lot of timeouts, not a lot of stoppages. I love they jump, they just jump off in the middle of the, they just, just jump right in the middle. <laughs> nothing. It's like, yo, green line, go. You know, yeah. I, think, I think if they, I think if they cater the excitement piece to more people, aside from the fighting and the hitting, just the the the, the flow of the game, it's essentially a basketball game on ice. Mm-hmm. And similar like, with lacrosse is lacrosse is just, I mean, it, it's combo with soccer because it's on, you know, like so hockey, lacrosse, soccer have similarities, but a lot of it, the the names of the positions. The arenas that they play in, the plays that they run, the screens, and all those other things. A lot of it's very, very, very similar to how basketball play calling and playmaking is made. It's just they don't really spend a lot of time catering the advertisement piece to broaden their audience. Yeah, I was going to, that's what I was going to say. They just don't market very well or they just choose not to market. But like I talked to six or seven different people just to kind of get some insight, you know, of like, hey, do you watch hockey? If you don't, why not? And when was the last time? So each of them, each person gave me some combination of when I'm watching it on TV, I can't keep up with the puck, you know, and I told them they don't. Yeah, I told them they don't necessarily need to keep up with the puck. I know you want to, but if you're watching the people, you can figure it out. But the other thing was they, the, the other complaint was they just didn't really understand the rules you know like the hockey rules like like so in football you know they know what offsides is they know what a false start is you know they know what pass interference is and everything else they could figure out or they see it enough they'll just figure it out but when you're watching hockey they're like okay icing like they're playing on ice what does that mean you know (laughs) or like you know what i mean they're like i just saw this dude hip check a dude into the glass but then he hit him right here and he got a penalty or like, you know, just whatever the case may be. So like there was a lot of that where they just felt like it's hard for me to keep up with hockey because I'm watching it. I think I know what's going on and then something just happens and I don't, I get lost. So, um, so from that standpoint, you know, um, and I think that hockey is just out of sight, out of mind. Like I said, they don't on sports center, you might see a player two in the top 10, you know, if something remarkable happens. And that's the thing. So many hockey plays are, if you ever been on skates with the puck and a stick in your hand and you see, like, I can't dunk, but I've seen a guy in the Air Force dunk a basketball. I can't shoot threes, but I've shot jump shots and made threes. I've shot long threes and made them. I've made a dope bounce pass. I made it. I've done things on the ground level that an NBA highlight will look like. I don't know how many people have done with a stick and a puck what a hockey player can do. And all that, that equipment. <laughs> I, 
with all that equipment, all yeah. the time, the speed, what they're able to do is so much of it should be prime plays. But I think what work what does it for me is that I had two of my sons play it, my friends play it. So my hockey memories are and where I learned the rules is with watching my sons play, getting coached, learning, and watching my friends play, then having subsequent conversations, and then watching other, because in Utah, like, just like I said, we went north of the base, had the, the Ogden Mustangs. It was like an 18 to 20-year-old. Yeah. I used to go to those games. They had like $3 churros, $2 hot dogs. You know, so it was like, oh, this is an Audi. And a lot of times I would get, I would just end up with free tickets. I don't, like, I knew one a team mom from where my son played, she would always see me and like she worked like promotions. So she would just give me like free entry tickets. So every time she saw me in one of the games, like, oh, did you use your ticket this time? I'm like, yeah, so they have get you some more. She'd go talk to someone and bring me like four more. So I'd always have like these free entry tickets. I'm like, okay, it's boom. I'll spend like $30 on churros, soda, and hot dogs. She had me do the chicken wing eating contest once. I'm not walking out there. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I need your help. I was Way like, to enforce the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, she was like, she's like we had chicken we no was it ribs it was ribs so it's the same it was a ribbing contest so she's like you gotta do it on the ice i'm like i got you i want a t-shirt because i crushed it she had me just like two <laughs> slim folks i'm like listen go ahead give me them ribs um but like i said it's because it's it's like intrinsic it's like interwoven into my like my family and friendship dynamic that's why it's easy for me to like to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If you then it's not a lot and if you never been and try to watch it on TV, it's gonna be difficult because you know the rules. The rules right. are pretty I think yeah. so too. If you're if you're on if you are in the, an arena, I can point out what I know and then you know what I don't know we can figure out. But like when you're sitting there, but on TV it's kinda hard because everything's moving. But right. during the game, all that movement is so exciting. Like the, right, so. the, the the fans beating on the glass. I mean, it's this is like I said last our last segment. We weren't talking about like you know this is not a you know a knock on Michael Jordan. This is an advertisement for people to go watch a hockey game. Go check it out. It's fun. You can get the same seats that you would spend. Like I looked at I looked at Sixers tickets. Uh, a week ago for the same seats for like 200 250 bucks for a basketball game they're like 60 or 85 bucks for a hockey game and it's a good view you can see it anywhere bright white ice so you can see the movement of the players so no matter where you sit you can see it and the kids um, love the zambonis between periods yeah the you zambonis know, they love the zambonis and 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 playoff hockey is intense you know, it really they don't is. much because they don't want to lose time on the ice. But yeah, it's so, impressive. It's intense. It's fast. Yeah. Shout yeah. So last question. Folks. Yeah. So last question. Do you think it's? Do you think hockey is hurt because there's not a lot of elite American players? No, because I think they are a world sport, and they get a lot of players from around the world. So mm-hmm. if they're checking the meter, like it was the Nielsen rating to see who is watching your sport. There's so many guys in the NHL from so many parts of 
the world and a lot of guys from Canada. So I think they're all just, that's their sport. Like they don't really have, they're not, they don't, they're not as galvanized by every other sport as they are by hockey. So you have the entire country to the North in NHL with a couple of teams that are in Canada and NHL. And then you have the players from around the world who play in the NHL that drive your audience as well. So I think, I think they, I think they feel like they have enough because they have like a soccer kind of expand expanded net of you throughout the world. All right. Well, you know what? Time to get something off your chest, Raph. What do you have on your chest today? Uh, I didn't really take any notes. This is going to be kind of off the cuff. I'm trying to, I'm going to keep it a little shorter. So I was last week. Um, in our sports group, somebody posted a picture of Dwayne Wade's, like his Versace eyewear advertisement. Um, and then it was like, yeah, it was the comments for me. So then I opened up the comments and everyone was like, man, just come out of the closet already. Oh, he looks like his son, like father, like son. I'm just like, really, internet thumb thumbs? Like, are you really being a homophobic? on about this man's family because you think it's funny because you feel whatever way about homosexuality that's not that's not the you the way he lives his life the way his family lives their life yes i get it it's entertainment it's it's kind of put in your face but it's no need to take a picture and 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 just be derogatory i still understand why people can't find joy in stuff that they see um, I watched Dwayne Wade play basketball for a lot of years. So for a while, it was Kobe LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and my personal MVP, you know, non-voting capacity. Uh, I enjoy the way he played basketball. Yes, he has his personal life and is out there for the media. His son's playing basketball. Um, his now daughter and their gender identity um, journey that's 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 for his family and i think for people to use it as this this means to just kind of discredit him as, as a person and to, and take shots at him i think it's i think it's dismissive i think it's i think it's rude i think it's childish and i don't understand why people go on the internet with your profile picture where you're from your family your friends and you make these comments on the random pictures like what does somebody want to Knock on your door. You'll be as tough as you were with your thumbs when you were sending that message? Probably not. So my whole thing is let people live their joy. Try to find some of your own joy. Don't pour gasoline on hatred. Don't pour gasoline on bigotry. Don't pour gasoline on homophobia. Try to find some joy. Look at the picture and be like, listen, pictures are cool. I'm not paying for them glasses. I know the price costs. A friend of mine left some Versace glasses. In my uh my car, I still ain't gave them back. You know what I'm saying? So I know they cost, but that doesn't mean I'm just sitting here and, and, and take my time to be negative and use negative energy. You're above ground, you're breathing this oxygen, you're exhaling carbon dioxide. How about you have a little fun with it, have a little joy instead of being negative about a guy taking pictures of his emphasis glasses.
That's why I gotta get off my chest. It takes very minimal energy to keep scrolling, and it takes even less energy to mind your business. All right. It's free. So, we've used the word hypocrite a lot on this show. This seemed to be our theme. Yeah, and, and I'm about to be a hypocrite right here because, you know, I told you all that I'm fine with the Memphis Grizzlies talking, even though they haven't done anything. You know, like we need these people in sports. We need a villain. We need a story, whatever the case may be. So talk. But dear John Morant, you don't know me very well, but my name is Mike Wilson. I happen to be a fan of yours. I love watching you play. I love your game and I see nothing but great things in your future. But I just want to say a few things to you from the bottom of my heart. You are not hated. Hate is one of those words like woke and overrated that just get overused. You are not being hated. If you don't want to be the villain, stop talking. So you aren't afraid of the Western Conference, but you should be. Because before I started this show today and I looked it up, I see that your record against Western Conference teams 15 and 16. That includes 0-2 against Golden State, including one of the games that Wardell, Stephen Curry did not play. You guys are the ones that are picking all the fights. So if anybody's spreading any hate, it's you. Maybe Shannon Sharp hates you, but most of us don't. You're not relevant enough to hate yet. If you want me to hate you, can you at least make a conference finals? But I still want you to talk. Because just because you haven't won a title does not mean you don't get to have a voice. We just want y'all to back up all the BS that you're spouting. That's it. Just back it up. By winning games, not by hitting people, not by pointing lasers at people. Last check, you've lost eight out of your nine last games. I'm not telling you to shut up and dribble. I'm just saying talk less, practice more. That's it. You know, stop worrying about what others think about you. Just think of the things that you need to work on yourself. Where's your heart? You should have never spoken. Never. You should have never said anything. Dylan shouldn't have said anything. Desmond damn sure shouldn't have said anything. If you weren't prepared for pushback or for people to disagree with you, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if I cared about that. See, I welcome disagreement. I welcome pushback because opportunities to learn is opportunities to grow. And that's what you need to do. You need to grow. So if you can't handle whatever you think this hate is, I would hate to see how you react to getting booed in Denver in a game seven. Wear your feelings as a badge of honor. Be happy for the fact that you can get this reaction that you see out of people out of them. Even though you are not hated. Just my 25 cents. No. That's what I had to get off my chest. I love John Morant, but all this, we're the most hated team in the league. Like, boo-hoo. 
Like, you know what that means? You know what that means? <laughs> that means people are watching you. Everybody wants that. I read I read an article recently that uh, it's like a, I want to use a phenomenon. I think it's a bad word. But there's like a, a rash of people who who post about poor things going on in their life. Yeah. Just so they can get like the endorphin hit from the reaction from people. Like saying, oh, poor you, poor you, poor you. And and sometimes like I, I have Facebook friends and, I, and I'll read through and I'm like, post some joy. It's a lot of joy out there. My daughter learned how to do a little science experiment with like water and uh, dry erase markers where like the ink floats off the plate. Oh, joy. It was pure joy watching her learn that. And she did it for like an hour straight. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there, I was watching her on FaceTime. She's just doing it over and over and over and over again. Just pure joy. No concern with anything else. It was just like pure joy. It's like you can have that mm-hmm. if you choose to. But if you sit there and say something like, we're the most hated team in the NBA, no, no, one, no one hates you, y'all. No one hates you. And if it's that bad, why don't you go zero dark 30 like LeBron in the playoffs? People want, like, because even LeBron said it, like, we all, everything gets back to LeBron. But he said that that year when he wanted to embrace the villain, he was like, that didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. We lost in six games anyway. He was like, I, I was love better. being a, I love being a villain. Like, he was like, you know, he was like, I was better off just having a good time enjoying my year versus wanting to be the villain because it didn't work out. We ended up losing, then people, people all of them anyway. That's why he was like, yeah. Press conference, like, you got to go home to your life. I get to go home to mine. Because he was embracing the ideology that didn't make any sense. Right. Not natural for you to want to be just negative. Like, that's not how, right. Like, right. how you, you don't wake up with more negative thoughts. Baby yeah, smile. Like, I, well, you know, before we started doing this, you know, uh, my wife thought about doing a podcast. And I asked her, I said, can you handle what people may say to you on social media? And she said, no. She said, how do you know you can handle it? And I said, you know why? Because hate is just a part of life, unfortunately. And not everybody's going to love you. But as long as you stay true to yourself, you just accept whatever comes with that. You know what I mean? So I don't want to be hated per se, but I can't control that. So it's a waste of time to think about it. You know, so, you know, so John Morant, you know, I can tell you right now, the Lakers are probably the most hated team in the league. You know what I'm saying? And if you ask Mike Wilson, I don't hate nobody like I hate Boston. So, like, just just in my personal record, it ain't it ain't you guys. You don't think it's Golden State? No, I think I think Steph and Clay are likable. Like, I think a lot of people like them. Like, even girls, like, even girls are watching more basketball because of them now. Like, I went to the shop at this morning and they talking about like I'm yeah, I'm from Georgia. I'm a Hawks fan, but you know, I love me some Golden State. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody loves Golden State, man, except for me. You don't because think it's the Philly? No, nobody hates Philly. Like we might hate Philly fans, you know what I mean? But nobody but hates the Philly care. team. Philly don't care. Philly nobody hate, yeah, I know Philly fans want to be hated, but I don't think like I don't think people might hate the Eagles, you know what I mean, just because of the football fans and you know, backstories about Michael Irvin and all that kind of stuff like that, but nobody hates the 76ers. So the Lakers, you got Lakers as most hated, huh? Oh, yeah, because LeBron just brings a certain 
something with him to begin with. And the Lakers have been the dominant franchise, you know, for have they though? They have been. That might be part of it. I know you're getting off your chest, and we and we we keep going on and on and on. We're probably gonna extend this a lot. We apologize if you ride with us for the next few years. Me and Mike will keep doing this. Um, I think the Lakers were dominant. Oh, like 2000 to 04. Hey, they 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 went to nine finals. Magic Johnson went to nine finals. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, but that was also when the Lake when the Celtics were in that same little bubble. And they, they didn't based, go to nine. Based, <laughs> but no, because remember Boston. Remember Boston. Remember after after Boston played the Lakers a few times, I, they I, didn't make it. They didn't make it back to KG and them. This is something we got to figure out later. They like, didn't make it back for like 25 years. The two players that played in the national championship game both end up on two teams that they did subsequently use to galvanize all basketball fans and essentially change the way the NBA operated. I just want to know how that worked out. Because I know they well, say the, the draft isn't rigged, but how did Patrick Ewing get to the New York Knicks? I mean, we these are all questions we can put How did Cleveland get those picks after LeBron left? How did New Orleans get the number one pick? Well, the Wolves wasn't supposed to get the number one pick. Really, that's what I'm trying Brian to say. It was supposed to be in 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 New York, not New Orleans. They got the wrong new. I don't know if they put the wrong new in the computer, <laughs> and it just got confused. Like Y2K, you remember Y2K? Remember the word about Y2K? Yep. But um, but that's why we have these questions because it just don't. Because didn't Cleveland didn't Cleveland get it? Like it worked, listen, did, it worked out Cleveland. Cleveland. It worked out for San Antonio. It worked out for the Knicks with Pat Ewing. If I I remember correctly, Cleveland got it consecutive years after LeBron left. Because they were awful. They were awful. They They got Anthony Bennett and Kyrie. They got it three years. They got it three times in four years. That's what I'm saying. And I ain't supposed to question that. Well, LeBron wasn't leaving Miami. It wasn't like they were trying to make Cleveland better. The restaurants closed down in Cleveland. No, they're not trying to make Cleveland better, but they they just trying to. One year. No, they were just like, yo, here's something for your troubles. We know Dan Gilbert going to mess it up anyway. So I think, did it go Kyrie Bennett or Bennett Kyrie? They went uh, Bennett Kyrie. I think, yeah, yeah. Because Bennett was a bust. Because, like, I mean, I have used that word, but Bennett didn't play well. So they, they used their number one pick on a guy who basically didn't impact the team at all. So then they got Kyrie because Kyrie came out of Duke. And then. I don't know if they got Kyrie. The was Kyrie in his second year when LeBron came back, or his third? No, no, he was. I think it was his third year. Okay, so they got Kyrie. Then they had because remember they had Dion Waiters too. Then they had a, like then they had the bag year. Then they got number one pick again. LeBron came back. Wiggins. Wiggins goes to Minnesota to yeah, get. Kyrie. And we didn't even see. We didn't even get to Wiggins in the Piffin segment. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll get to we'll, we'll circle we'll, back for some later yeah um, but, but, but you, you know, know yeah so so like it's hard to not think this stuff is rigged when you just sit down and like look at it like you know I just like when i'm playing nba 2k why my expansion team don't never get a top three pick i i don't think i don't think anything is rigged because i think uh especially nowadays i think the incentive to tell and get paid is greater than whatever if the nba or nfl anybody wants you to rig something 
they're not going to pay if they want you to participate. I can't imagine that they would pay you more than some investigative reporter site like TMZ would pay you to tell the story. Right. So I think TMZ would pay you a million. Oh, I think I think um, if you're a referee and, they, and if you're a referee and you have like real information that says, I was told that in the third and fourth quarter of these games to throw illegal contact penalties on alternating third downs against this team. I do think there was I do think there was some BS afoot with New York getting Patrick Ewing. Like that was before TMZ, that was before camera phones, like something was definitely afoot right there. Watch the Tim Donahue documentary on Netflix. Watch it. And, and it will change your world, you know. But with that being said, you know, I guess it's time to get up out of here. This is always my least favorite moment of the show. So, you know, I just want to let y'all know, once again, Sports Reports as ordered on Instagram, on YouTube. You know, MLW25 on Instagram, 2-Bit Reports on Twitter. Please rate us, review us, give us five stars, like and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Fear my wrath over there. You know, on Twitter, you can tell us we're terrible and and tell a bunch of people about us and then maybe they'll watch us and they won't have the same opinion. Yeah. Tell me tell me that you do hate John Morant and the Grizzlies, you know, tell me that. (laughs) Tell me I was wrong about that. You know, but yeah, you know, it was a great, great time as always. You know, this is my favorite part of the week. My least favorite part of the time is when we got to end it. So thank you, America. We will be back on Friday. Late Friday night, you'll probably get it early Saturday morning. Super Bowl previews, you know, who's going to pick the Chiefs? You know, we'll see who I pick, you know. (laughs) Spoiler alert, you know, but we'll go from there. You know, we'll hit you up Friday. We'll let y'all know what's going on in the world of sports. Shout out to LeBron James, you know, hopefully going to break the record tonight. We got headband LeBron. Uh Oh, Oh, man, you know it's on now. You know it's on now. Shout yeah. out to Red Bull. Shout Red out to my guys, Michael Smith. Shot headband. We got that headband on tonight. <laughs> Shout out to Red Bull. Shout out to Michael Smith. Shout out to Michael Holly. You know, America, we are signing off. Once again, shout out to Dirty Geek Apparel for hooking me up. Once again, fear my wrath. We'll do this shot. Yes, sir. Listen. Do vets, no gimmicks. It's one thing we learned in 20 plus years. Yes. Dog tags. Peace. Out.